and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture, and we can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. We're about halfway through April and it's nearly Easter weekend, thank God. I'm not sure if it's a tradition elsewhere, but here in the UK, we do always have a long weekend for Easter, which is very much appreciated. Being in a Christian-originated country does certainly sometimes have its benefits, so next weekend I'll actually have some time off to sort my move out. If you didn't know, I am moving at the end of this month. Don't worry, I'm pre-writing and recording all the episodes so that you'll still get my lovely voice on a Thursday. But if you do follow me on social media, you'll notice that I am a little bit quieter than usual as I'm sorting my life out right now. Most of my life is in boxes and my cats are very confused. Anyway, let's get on to the good stuff. We are covering a new type of mythology monster this week. We're heading back to Africa and looking at the Zulu and Zosa monster the Tokolosh. It's also called the Tikolosh sometimes, or the Hilly, but I'm going with the most pleasing to look at and also the most common, if I'm completely honest. So that will be what I'm referring to it the whole way through. You might not have heard of this one, but it is one of the most prevalent within South African mythology. The best way I can describe this monster in one word is horrible. I think that's possibly the best one I can come up with. The Tokolosh is usually described as a dwarf-sized white goblin, which has a protruding belly, a large hole in its forehead, and gouged-out eyes. But this is just kind of the normal appearance. They can also appear as primates, or even bears when they're summoned. It's said to favourite victims of schoolchildren age, but this monster is mostly used as a boogeyman tail to make sure children behave. But these monsters are particularly gross. They are aggressive, but actually not towards school children. But they don't just roam around looking for prey. They are, as I said a second ago, summoned. Tokolosh are the embodiment of jealousy and are summoned by a witch to cause misery and mischief on the intended by the person wishing to curse them. It's considered one of the harsher curses and these little goblins are truly the stuff of nightmares. It's said to have a very large male appendage, which is so big they have to carry it over their shoulder like a fire hose, which when I first read during my research I actually laughed out loud with the image in my head. However, as they are technically a type of demon, they have a ravenous sexual appetite, so you can kind of imagine where this is going in the bad sense. Anyway, to summon this monster, the person asking for the curse has to swear to give the soul of a loved one but when the Tokolosh is summoned, it will choose which loved one to take, and it will only take its payment when it's ready, meaning the perpetrator could be waiting months, even years, for the loved one to be taken. The summoning is pretty intense too. The witch would need to find a dead body and pierce the eye sockets and forehead with a hot iron, then sprinkle the body with a special powder which shrinks it. There are other ones, other ritual summonings. This is the most common that I've found. The Tokolosh is then alive and ready to torment the victim, and it's paid by the summoner feeding it curdled milk and cutting the hair on its head so it's out of its eyes. If it is summoned by a woman, 
The Togolosh would also have sex with its master as a reward, but also as an obligation, and it could even be considered a familiar of the witch. Now, this is the pretty terrible part, the bit where the Tokolosh does actually do its damage. It would rampage toward the victim's house in complete darkness, but if it drank any water or ate a pebble, it could also be completely invisible. And basically, it will live with that person tormenting it until the demon is satisfied. It would torment them in various ways with little things such as biting their toes in their sleep or scratching them, to as far as raping both men and women, strangling them, or causing sickness and even death in some cases. So it's pretty terrible, and it's one that's still really upheld and prevalent within these cultures now. The only positive of this is that you're meant to sleep really well if you're targeted by the Tokolosh, as it wants to keep you asleep so it can do all of these things to you. So you'll have some really good dreams, including sexy ones too apparently, and be really well rested. However, not sure it's worth the payoff. I don't know if I'd take it, but how do you protect yourself and eventually get rid of these little brutes? So to stop yourself from being attacked, you would raise your bed up so that the tokolosh is too short to reach you, as beds in Zulu culture traditionally, when this monster myth started, were on the floor of their homes. They would use bricks or paint pots, anything they could get a hold of to elevate their beds off the floor, so they were out of reach, as the tokolosh are particularly bad climbers and as I said, very short. You could also scatter blessed salts around the door frames and windowsills of your house, and they are actually sold as tokolosh salts, which is really fun. Now, banishing this monster would be going to see a Sangoma, which is a Zulu witch doctor, or healer, and you would find and destroy the Muthi, which is left by the original witch who created the tokolosh. Muthi is a traditional African medicine, for which the creation of the Tokoloshi consists of oils, herbs, and animal body parts. This mixture is then buried next to the house of the person who is cursed, and the Sangoma simply goes and destroys this, and the Tokolosh is banished. So, however you ask them to do this, they will get rid of it. You can also ask them to plead to your ancestors to protect you, with a whole incense ritual, or you can use the blood of a black chicken to cleanse your body. So there are different options here. The only other option is to kind of wait it out until it's satisfied, then you can figure out who cast the curse by seeing whose relatives have died recently, I suppose. I don't think that's the best option. Now on to etymology. I'm so sorry, but I actually couldn't find any definition that break down the existence of the word. I did find it in English, it literally means malevolent, mythical, man-like animal of short stature but that is just the word's description, so it's not particularly interesting. However, the only thing I did find which I thought was really interesting, that the hard T in Tokolosh is really odd in the Zulu language, and the only other word that works like this is Tetsi fly, which is that horrible fly that causes sleeping sickness, so it can kind of be linked back to the Tokolosh, which is really cool, but there's no official link to that, it's just an observation based on language. Now I'd usually go on and talk about where these monsters originated from, how long they've been mentioned in folklore, but I honestly can't find anything and watching a couple of other monster podcasters and YouTube channels, it seems to be a common theme. It's a really old folktale, so we do know that, but it's said that the natives tend to avoid speaking about this monster to avoid its wrath. 
much like the skinwalkers of Native America or the Slender Man from US modern folklore. So it's kind of hard to find much information on this history of the monster. When talking to my South African pals about this monster too, I also found that they just kind of knew the description and the prevention methods to keep it away from you. They didn't really know much about the historical or folklore aspect, so the idea of not talking about it must be pretty rife. However, what I can tell you is that it's old enough to link back to when natives would have their beds on the floor, as I mentioned earlier, and they would then build fires to keep their rendezvous warm in the nights. Their beds, which were grass mats, would be kept on the floor encircling the flames of the fire. Now why do we think that's a problem? Well, that's because fire creates carbon monoxide, which, if you don't know, is known as the silent killer. Most people in western countries that I know of have carbon monoxide alarms, as our boilers can leak this and literally kill us in our sleep. With no side effects, no symptoms whatsoever, you will just be dead. Carbon monoxide is much, much heavier than air, so anyone on the floor would be particularly susceptible, meaning sometimes these families will wake up to one of their perfectly healthy relatives dead in their bed. This kind of death was often linked back to the tokolosh, tormenting them to death in their sleep as believed, which thus created the solution which was raising the beds with bricks or anything else that they could get their hands on to avoid being attacked by them. But it also mitigated the carbon monoxide poisoning risk, so less people naturally died, which is an amazing side effect of a folklore tale. But that doesn't mean that belief in the tokoloshi has faded in South Africa. Oh no, my friends who I chatted to about this are all in their mid to late 20s, so they are quite young and they know all about the tokolosh, as it is considered a real risk. The Zulu and Zosist communities are known to be very superstitious, which I will say is never to anyone's detriment of course, much like native folklore that we see across the world, so it does make sense. But going on from this, there are a load of sightings to talk about, and you can find them all really easily on Google too. These reports make it to South African newspapers on front pages, and they make for a really brilliant and interesting read from across the pond. Tokolosh are blamed for a myriad of problems to this day, such as divorce, infidelity, murder and sexual assault. I found one case in 1933 where a man murdered his nine-year-old nephew because he believed he was a tokolosh, and there was another one that three kids in the 1990s were admitted to hospital with needles in their body, again blamed on the tokolosh, but most likely child abuse. Probably the most famous story of a tokolosh in modern times though are a couple of front page articles in 2009 where a woman was terrorised by a tokolosh, losing her job, house and getting divorced, and saying that she had seen a monster with hairy legs entering her room with her two children. Other stories focus on the actual sexual aspect of the tokolosh, with some saying that they dreamt of having sex with the tokolosh and it was very real and he was so good, quote unquote. However, one of the friends of this woman in the article said that it will come for you every night until you can't have children anymore. There's also an interesting discussion on the tokolosh appearing as different races to the person they're sexually assaulting in the dreams that people are having which has apparently created some racial disparity in some regions historically, some saying that as a black woman they would dream of having sex with a white man and vice versa, and the tokolosh is kind of used as a scapegoat to avoid any issues between races. And that's actually another thing, is that they're so often used as a scapegoat for crimes. 
such as the child abuse and murder cases in the first two stories I mentioned. It's also sometimes easier for victims of rape to say that they had been raped by a tokolosh to avoid repercussions from any kind of reporting from the person who did this. They would go to their sangoma and rather see them rather than go to local hospitals or doctors, which is unbelievably sad. And there was also a serial killer called Elifasi Masomi in 1953 who raped, killed and dismembered 15 people in South Africa. And he said his complete defence was he was possessed by Tokolosh whilst he did it. So that's pretty screwed up too. Now, I've only got one real-life comparison for this monster, and if you can believe it, it's the lemur. It's said that the primate version of the Tokolosh myth sounded a little too familiar to lemurs, who are native to South Africa, and they really don't care whether they're in your house or not. They're lemurs. They can be found sitting on people in their sleep, or even injuring them, especially if people are rolling over and catching the lemurs' tails, rolling onto them. So this may be a possibility, but it certainly doesn't explain any of the other bits regarding this myth, such as the sexual assaults and stuff like that. It seems like a real serious push, but it is the only link I could find to real-life animals. Now, onto cultural significance for art. There are some really crazy art pieces around the Tokolosh, and most of them are independent creators, so for this week I would highly advise having a look if you fancy looking at these horrible goblins, they're really cool, there's so much variation in the art, but it really doesn't make them any prettier to set your eyes on, so I'll warn you with that. For movies, again, I kind of have to warn you, there aren't many, but the ones about the Tokolosh are A Reasonable Man from 1999, which is about that case of the uncle murdering his nephew, The Tokolosh from 2018, and Tokolosh, An African Curse from 2020. This one is also called Tokolosh The Calling sometimes, a Reasonable Man is actually a really good film, it's got some really great reviews, so I'd advise having a watch. Another for kind of sleep-based monster films, you also have Marianne, The Nightmare, Mara, The Haunting of Mia Moss and Dead Awake for some other random suggestions. TV is super slim on pickings, there aren't any on the Tokolosh and finding TV shows with monsters who attack in your sleep is also quite rare, it's usually a movie thing. But I do know that X-Files and Twilight Zones are both good ones for this kind of thing. Now for video games, you've got Among the Sleep, Happy Game, Alan Wake, Weird Dreams, Legend of Zelda and Neverending Nightmares. But again, they are more to do with nightmares or shadow people, very much linking to sleep and being attacked in your sleep, but I'm afraid nothing specific on the Tokolosh. And lastly, my book recommendation this week. I really suggest looking at The Terror That Comes In The Night, by David J. Hufford, as it's always a recommendation when it comes to sleep-based monsters. This book is written by a folklorist who looks into monsters like this, so it's always an amazing recommendation. Really, really suggest you read it. Another for specifically Zulu and African folklore. Have a look into Indaba, My Children, African Folk Tales by Vusa Mazulu Credo Matwa for some amazing stories from all ages Foral wages across the whole African continent. Really good one for that. But now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? You know what? I've actually been a bit convinced when it comes to this one. Only because of the sheer wholehearted belief. So much so that it's in newspapers, that the people of this culture have so much belief behind it. And I know we talk about fairies and angels here, like in the UK, but it's generally something to be slightly mocked for. 
If you're into that kind of thing, you're generally taking the mick out of. But whilst in South Africa, this one is wholeheartedly accepted and respected as a belief too. I really love it when these kind of folklore stories are still really prevalent in the modern day. As especially a mythology podcaster and general folklore fan, it fills my heart with joy that these kind of stories still go around. It brings these people with the same culture and community together, and it should 100% be celebrated, but maybe not in the form of a sleep-raping goblin. But do I think there are monsters that are symbols of violent sex, mischief, and weapons of witches? Totally. And with the history this one has behind it, it's completely taken on a life of its own. So who knows if this one is roaming the lands? If you do know anything about this monster, or you're South African yourself and have a story, please do get in touch. I would love to know if you also believe they existed. What an interesting monster, and our first one from this specific type of African mythology. And not something I know very much about, so I'll be the first to admit that, and hopefully we'll be covering some more and something more unknown to Western audiences again soon. But next week, we're heading back to the Americas for the first time in a little while, and we're going to look at the horrible spooky monster from our nightmares, the Wendigo, from native Canadian mythology. Now don't say their name next Thursday, and I'll take the hit for doing it instead. Don't worry. But for now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcasts, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk, and you can also find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast. Come join the fun, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, and I'll see you later, babes.